This is called Sunday Morning with the Elohim. Anybody else wants to add anything? Feel free. Every time you hear a ding, that's another person calling in to the show. So we welcome all of those who have already called in. Well, it's a bright, sunny day here in Austin, Texas. The temperature is 60 degrees, and it's beautiful, and I'm sending all that good weather <laughs> your way. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. The temperatures today have been pretty good. Is that Wynn? Hi, Wynn. I'm back. Welcome. And BBS should be on momentarily. Well, they, they started, and then we had a slight interruption. Um, then they restarted. So I think we might be on. Okay. So what are you guys talking about? Well, we were talking about um, the healthcare system and mm -hmm. how it's really good to have the choice to have private health care, but also to have a national health care system um, because the national health care system, the surgeons, if you need specialist surgery, because of their have treated millions of people, they're mm -hmm. often a lot more experienced. And they're actually in the UK, they're better than the private, um, I shouldn't say always, but I can say in, in quite a lot of the cases that I've been told that they mm -hmm. are actually better because they've done more surgeries. So you would go to an NHS person if you wanted to have major surgery. Now, you're talking about it's, it's absolutely no charge to the patient, right? No, there's no charge at all. So if you have something serious like cancer or anything like that, um, you don't have to have huge extortionate healthcare insurance mm -hmm. because the everybody in the country pays towards the system and it is very, very good. I would recommend it because... You have the best of both worlds. You can use the NHS system, or if you wanted to, you could use also the private system. We should all move to England, huh? <laughs> Apart from England is an island. And how, how about the other, other Commonwealth countries, like New Zealand or Australia? Um, when you say, can you explain a bit more? I mean, do they have free health care? Yes, I believe they do. Because they follow a similar, have a similar setup to the UK. Mm -hmm. And so does Canada. 
Mm-hmm. And also, obviously, all the European countries. They all have and probably, to. and probably Russia has the same system. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like a good system. I I think it is, and it seems to work well. But then that's, you know, part of the reason why me personally, I don't mind tax. And I know some people don't like paying taxes, but... You have to think about whether you want um, a society, a country that works because your money goes to paying for, it's meant to (laughs) go to paying towards things that benefit the whole country. So things like um, parks and park equipment for children, local um, places for children to go to. Everything comes under, is paid out of your taxes. And yeah, the NHS, yeah. which is the local hospitals, they're also, it comes out of your taxes, so you pay. And then, of course, everybody in the country benefits. Does England so, believe, do the English people believe in reincarnation in general? I believe so, yes. Yes. Because we're more, I think we're more liberal Mm -hmm. over here. Whereas the US, you have quite a large percentage of the population are still, well, they're they're very religious whereas we're slightly more liberal and they have very strong religious beliefs and and quite a lot of i mean from my from what i've seen they tend to be quite rigid to a to a degree to a degree which can be good but it can also you know be not good uh, because religion does not endorse reincarnation. That's, they that's not, correct. They, they tend not to go along with it, right? Yes, that's correct. And it's a very touchy subject because with religion, you have your doctrine set out and if you try to change it in any way it it can have um it can have a negative impact so mm-hmm. i think if you if you have a strict belief system which is a religious belief system you're better off sticking with that belief system because interfering with it it will cause can cause quite a lot of problems and I think that's one of the difficulties. I think if you 
if you believe and you have that sort of um, ideology, then best to stick to it. Well, England has the Church of England, right? What's it called? Yes. I mean, it has its own religious system. Yes. But, but it's not um, as but people aren't as yes, it's not as rigid. The people aren't as rigid over here with the belief. They're sort of more liberal, so they mm -hmm. will. They find it easier to, you know, be open to, you know, new ideas. Mm -hmm. All right. But, but I, but I think it's because the people in the UK are much more accepting and much more willing to work together as a whole country to benefit everybody, which is why mm -hmm. people over here don't mind paying taxes as much. I don't want to speak for everyone, <laughs> but on the whole... Um, and well, and also also the taxes go to supporting um, the work. Mm -hmm. And so you your taxes the things you're paying are actually having a big impact on the rest of the country in in a good way. Mm -hmm. But it's the what I've noticed from the US from my talking to a lot of people in the US, you're very much the opposite way. You're very independent. You want you rather survive on your own and do things on your own for your own families. You're not so much willing to share things as a, as a country in terms of everyone benefits if you all put stuff into the same pot and everyone benefits, but you tend to be more independent, I would say. Mm -hmm. In other words, people create their own nest eggs and they don't share it so easily. Well, they might share it with their friends and family. But they're not willing to share it um, as in you all look after each other as a country, which I would love mm -hmm. to see in the US. I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. But you guys would probably call it communism. And um, it's all very touchy subjects. But, you know... The U.S. started because people from the European countries went to the U.S. and they built their life there from, from nothing. So I guess that's where the independence comes in, needing to survive think, without the I help think, from anyone. I think one of the themes of the revolution was no taxation without representation. 
Yes. The American Revolution. In other words, the idea was taxes were supposed to be used for the common good. Yes, yes, that's always the, the idea behind taxes. Yeah. But the thing is, the U.S. should have had their own tax system free of England because you set up your own colonies in the U.S., so you shouldn't have had to have paid anything back to England. You should have had your own system separate from, you know, the Brit from the UK. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people say that the U.S. was set up more according to the law of one, to the. Uh, uh, the scene of the rock roof. What do, you, what, do you think, what do you think about that? No, I, don't, I wouldn't have thought so. Because um, if your brothers and sisters in your country, your fellow human beings, if they will be struggling and some of them might be on the streets, and it's the same thing, I guess, over here in the UK, you have to think about, you can't think about yourself as an individual. You have to think about yourself as a whole country of, of individuals. And I think that's more the law of one. If you're doing something that benefits other people, so if you're paying in money for the benefit of others and also for the benefit of yourself, because you could be a person that ends up in difficulty. So if you're paying money towards a system and the the, the society as a whole, the benefit of the society, that to me is the law of one. But if you're very independent um, and you're only looking out for yourself and your family, not think of, thinking about yourself as a country, I don't think that's the law of one. You know, if you quote the Declaration of Independence, you have things like, all men are created equal. Created equal, yes. Because it's very independent. It's very much um, survival of the fittest. Whereas we're more, you know, survival of the whole country is more important. Mm -hmm. Which is why, I guess, um, well, we have we have a lot less racism, for example. Not that I want to bring up these <laughs> subjects, but <laughs> these very controversial subjects. <laughs> but we do. We always have done. And I know that from past history because 
a lot of the black American musicians who were really struggling in the US came to the UK. And I know this because my auntie, who recently crossed over, she was very fortunate to meet a lot of the black American musicians. Mm-hmm. And they had great success over here. They were just, we thought they were wonderful. And so that there's the history, there's a history there that goes back. And um, I hope that no matter what a country is made up of, no matter what race, religion, um, and of course you've got your beautiful Native American Indians, I hope that you all, all come together, the Mexicans, the Spanish, all of the different cultures in the US, I hope you all come together, the black African Americans, the West Indians, the... Um, you probably have Irish over there in the U.S. You know, you have a great big mix, and I hope you all come together and support each other because it's the people coming together and supporting each other that really matters. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's usually we don't have discussions like this, but being that you're a Brit, <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of brings it up because I've had discussions with people in our group that believe that the whole idea of the independence of this country was based on the principles of the law of one. And uh, breaking away from the British who were controlling the country like it was their territory. Isn't that true? Um, I think it is true, but I think... Yeah. I think that... People from the UK, as well as France, as well as the other parts of the European countries, went over to the US. They were they went over to explore it. I think it was Christopher Columbus that sailed across and first founded um, the US. But the British, as well as the rest of the Europeans, all went over. So you guys, you're all coming from Europe. There's no such thing as an American. All of your ancestral blood is actually coming from Europe, all over Europe. Well, I think so we, should open up, it, we should open up some when you look at it, unless some of the other people you, on the call give yes. their opinions, okay? Yes. Yes, good idea. And, and uh, I don't know if they're unmuted or not right now. Let's see. Where's the unmute? 
Would you like to say your name in your city? John from Las Vegas. You're not Hi, listening, are you? Are you listening, Hi, John? John? My what? You're not listening to the call. I was on the phone with my uh, Bitdefender uh, customer support because there was problems with it. My uh, antivirus software. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back on now. All right, I gotta unmute everybody for a moment. Just a moment. All participants are unmuted. All right. Who who wants to give an opinion on this discussion we're having? What's it about? Well, I'm not going to go through it again, okay? All right. You have to to come on time. I had a problem with my bit defender. Okay. The basic issue is, uh, well, we're talking about England and the United States and how England has free health care and uses their taxation to create benefit for the people and that their free health care is theoretically better than the paid health care. And uh, and was this country founded more in line with the law of one than England or European countries? Okay, that was just a general topic. And I know there are people that believe that Philadelphia was definitely in 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 uh as the first major city in this country was definitely under the auspices according to many people of the law of one and that the original founders of the country had a very strong affiliation with the principles of the law of one. So I, I was just opening the mics up to get other people's opinions about this particular topic. Yeah. I think we should be using med beds. Well, that's a different topic, okay? Well, no, it's the same topic. You, you won't have any more ridiculous costs anymore. Okay, <laughs> you, you won't need doctors anymore, except for uh, emergency uh, um, operations or something. Well, as far as I'm concerned, no one has proved proven 
that med beds actually exist. Oh my God! Well, I believe they do. Uh, yeah, but I need proof that they exist if we're going to have a reasonable discussion. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, it's a wonderful idea of a product that I hope it exists for the benefit of humans. Uh-huh. But uh, I'll look it would around. Mean that all doctors. Most doctors would have no, they would have no need for them other than for like from, you know, emergency surgery. Yeah, but we don't know that they exist, okay? Mm. I don't know that they exist. Well, what, so this is Roger. I'd like to put my two cents in here. The medical establishment, quote unquote, has no interest in finding cures for systemic physical problems. Once you find a cure for something, then they're out of business, the medical community. Mm-hmm. They're interested in finding yeah, that's true. That's 100% true. That uh, will continue uh, forever because that's where they're at their source of wealth. Uh, now, where the medical community excels in this country is in trauma. That's where there's injuries. Of any kind, uh, we're probably the best in the world by far. But uh, where it's systemic problems, where you have malfunctioning organs and so on, uh, their interest is in see. treatment, and that goes on forever. So that's my two cents. Well, I think that's in general, it's true that. The whole medical pharmaceutical industry runs on profit motivation. And decisions are made in terms of laws based on profit rather than compassion and survival. The right beings. So we have a system that is virtually fairly uncompassionate to the human need for survival and how to afford it. Well, when this is really interesting because this brings up, um, could it, could it be possible? So the system like that is in place because it is a catalyst for people to develop new systems and new ways of doing things. So, for example, when you can't afford the health care, then people start um, developing compassion and start to do um, things like Reiki healing because it's a way for an individual to express the Christ consciousness and to fall in line with um, the way that the universe is made up. And since we have free will and free choice, 
we have these various catalysts to create enough um, distress and tension so that people eventually they will say, well, we have to do something. So we will do, we will do the healing ourselves. Because if you are not able to get any health care and you, you're watching your friends suffer, you do think, you think, right, I'm going to try something alternative with the best and greatest intentions for that individual. And so you start um, exercising a different form of healing. Okay. Now, do we have another opinion? Let's see if there's another opinion out there from somebody on this. Anybody have an opinion on this topic? The dog has an opinion. <laughs> Can anyone translate bark? I have an opinion, okay? And what? What's that? My opinion is that the solution, the major solution to the problem is to eliminate patents on drugs. Well, that and medical procedures. And medical procedures. Now, the downside of that would be would it eliminate research, critical research, to find solutions to problems? That's one one perspective. Or would it allow? competition to create the best products without regard to profit. I think we need more things that are open source. Open source is when a community of individuals who have those skills, they come in to a project and they, you know, in terms of software, they develop help to develop the project for the benefit of the software that's available to everybody for free. Well, if we're talking about drugs, drugs are not software. That's a different... But you could apply the same concept. So if you had people that were specialists in those areas that came in and offered their service and their knowledge and worked on these things, then we would be expressing the Christ consciousness. And if it happened in the US, then I would then say, yes, the US is following in the Christ consciousness and the law of one. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if people actually, with those skills, came in and said, I have this skill. And I want to dedicate five hours of my time or three hours of my time a week 
or however many. And then start to develop the medicines, um, the technologies that are needed to help humanity. All right. I'm just kind of just looking it up. Insulin was given to the world, the University of Toronto. It was donated, was invented in Canada, was from public research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. World, so I mean, they're doing it right now. You weren't on the call, Win, but they're the government's given the University of Toronto immunotherapy research, and they're curing my half brother's cancer with. With with it, there's no treat. The cancer keeps coming back, and they've now discovered the right combination of immunotherapy. I mean, I think it has drugs and drugs involved, but it's done free with free re- research in Canada and the government. And they've they're curing his cancer that that hasn't been cured before. Their body's actually it's training the body to fight the cancer from regrowing, and it's That's working. And this, is public, this is public funding. I mean. And insulin, look at Amazing. that. That was given. Then, if it was an American company invented that, that would have been, you know, and I see even now with the insulin in the U.S., companies are controlling it through the roof. People can't afford, if you're diabetic in the U.S., can't afford to live. Mm-hmm. And I, I well, disagree with that. Yeah. You are aware, you, is everyone aware that Stanislaw Brzezinski has found a cure for all cancer? Yes. Yes. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. He's in, he's in, I think, Houston, Texas, I think. Yes, I think. That's right. Yeah, you, you can look up his, just look up his name and you can find his website. So I'm not going to um, put it out there because uh, it, it, it may be unsafe to t- say his website or something. So we'll, we'll, we'll just say look up. Well, the do FDA declared war on Brzezinski. He, he fought for 20 years in courts. Oh, more than 20. It's 76, I think. He found the cure for cancer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah so he's going to put all the cancer that. treatment companies out of business. <laughs> but, uh, they put him out of For some reason, he was allowed to live. I don't know why, but he was allowed to live, maybe. But, uh... <laughs> All about money. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put them out of business yeah. because yeah. they were going to put the entire medical industry out of business, <laughs> or the cancer industry at least. <laughs> I often wonder. I often wonder though, the money wasn't spent on cancer; be spent on something else, anyways. We well, people all don't eat money. Yeah, that makes the most money. Cancer is. And heart heart disease too, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, this is a very there... interesting topic, but I'm wondering, are we will we be having a replay? Oh yeah, we're oh wow. <laughs> when? <laughs> yes. Great. Will will we be having? Yeah, look at this replay. replay. Yeah. Great. It'll be on the Spirit Channel. You know, the 
the real, you know, like if you look at the fundamental questions here, do you reward people for coming up with good solutions? <laughs> or do you make all the solutions public access? so that no one is denied a solution. But right now, those people aren't being rewarded because their stuff is being taken for um, national security. So they're, they're not benefiting and neither is anybody else. They have to release it. They have to release it, um, all of the details, so that people can create it. It's the only way. Now, it would be nice if there was a world government that could pass laws that would allow this kind of research to go on for the highest good without uh, creating so much attachment to personal accomplishment and rewarding personal accomplishment. I think a lot of people have been keeping it secret because they want to benefit from it financially. Mm -hmm. But they're well, not benefiting from it because it's being, it's being withheld, it's being... Um, stopped in its progress. Well, they have you to know, release it for free. You know, you know, when I was in those positions in my past lifetimes, I chose... Well, I know one example was I invented the uh, lightning rod and I never did a patent on it and I turned it over to the world so that everybody could use it without uh, infringing. Pardon me? Lunch? The lunch is here. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. I'm having lunch delivered. Okay. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm in a rehab home, and I'm not sure the reason why, but I'm putting up with it. Okay. Well, who put you, you know? in there? Huh? How did you get in there? Who put you there? Well, it had to do with one day I was leaving my house, and I decided to walk into the city of Sedona which was down a big hill. Oh. And I fell. And oh. Um, oh. I didn't even, it didn't feel serious or anything. But they took me to emergency. And apparently, I had a small blood cell that was leaking in my brain. Oh, and that no. was that was that was a notice for panic on their part, and so they put me in the hospital, 
to monitor it and do tests tests on it. And they finally, after a few days, they said, well, it looks okay. But they decided that it needed to be observed some more in order to be sure it was safe for me to be a free man again. So I'm locked up in a rehab (laughs) home. And... uh, uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> I see. You know, what's happening is I have been sharing my video with various people here, and there's this buzz going around the rehab home that there's this really weird guy here. <laughs> <laughs> With this big then, nose that looks like Ben Franklin. <laughs> and then people were walking up to me and saying, I heard about your video. Which is very interesting. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. It's creating a little bit of a buzz. <laughs> So there's always a good reason for an injury, then, eh? Free uh, advertising. <laughs> All advertisements. Negative. A negative thing into a positive thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> free advertising, Lynn. That's it. <laughs> now, now, so, so, like, like something else in Philadelphia was a revolution. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but men started the first insurance company. He started the first library. He started the first university. And he, he always did it nonprofit, like just to do it, to be of service to the community which was very interesting. And uh, I think there were other things he did as well of that nature, you know? Mm -hmm. So, in any case, you know, the 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 best way to make something happen is for people to take personal initiative to make it happen in the way they want it to happen. Mm-hmm. In other words, anyone can say, I'm not going to patent something and turn it into um, a product that is going to benefit humankind rather mm-hmm. than their personal advantage. And then you take songs, similar thing. I remember Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder didn't copyright We Are the World. And he wanted the profits from it to be used for some charitable purpose. 
So it's a dilemma of how do you encourage creativity and personal achievement without creating a profit motivation? And how do you how do you create a profit motivation without things being self serving? You know? And not being used for Quinn, check your microphone. You're muffled. Quinn? Your microphone is muffled. The same thing happened the other night, and, and we were all yelling at him, and he couldn't hear us. Um, Maybe if I be talking to an attendant. See if I text him, it'll help. Yeah, no. No, this is the same thing that happened the other night. He can't hear us. He doesn't know that we can't hear him. He just went on and on and on the other night. He had no idea that we couldn't hear him. I wonder if the microphone, the connect cable goes bad or something, I wonder. I think his battery goes dead or something on his equipment or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When did he get injured? Did he say? He didn't really say, did he? Or when, when did who get injured? When did you, when did you actually... You're back. You're back. When did you actually go to the rehab? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Well, you know, I went to I went to first to emergency, and okay. then I went to but when the hospital, the hospital in Cottonwood. Okay. And then they flew they flew me by helicopter wow. to the hospital in Blackstaff. Okay. And then they then they released me to the rehab. So it was okay. about two weeks in, in hospitals and then oh. rehab. Wow, and it's we interesting. have no idea. It's yeah. interesting. This is, this is the same rehab that Terry was in oh. before they sent her home. Mm. Now, nobody remembers, nobody remembers her, but they're remembering me because of the movie. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how far the buzz will keep going, but it's creating a buzz, and strangers say hello to me very warmly who wow. watched the movie. You know, what about the medical staff? They looked at it too. You think, or the workers there? Well, there's a lot of nurses. There's not that many doctors. Okay. I mean, there's one doctor that is in charge of all all the residents. 
and there's about 150 residents, you know? And it's not meant to be a hospital. Okay. They don't charge enough for it to be a hospital, you know? Yeah. But they they monitor people. Like they take my blood pressure every day. They do my vitals. They check my weight every day. And they keep records of it to see if anything is changing and if something is getting worse. And, you know, the original idea was there was this minor bleed in my brain, which I don't think amounted to anything, nothing. And, uh, but they used that as the excuse to send me here. Was it to do with the fall? Did you hit your head when you fell? I, I hit my head. I had five stitches in my head. Oh. Oh. I don't want to... But, but I'm okay. I mean, there's no residual symptoms that have showed up so far, except a few bumps on the side of my head and some stitches. But, well, it sounds pretty bad, but... Well, it would have been bad if something happened in my brain with that leaky blood vessel, but it didn't oh, no. happen. It didn't happen, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at this point now, it's beyond the point of where it would happen, I, I think. But I'm still here. Mm-hmm. And I good. think you're on the... <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> I, I think I think they're on the verge of releasing me in the next few days. And uh, you're meeting all kinds. What's that? Meeting all kinds of people there, though, which is good. You're spreading well, the word. <laughs> yeah, I'm meeting people, and good. You know, you, you never know what happens when you're meeting people. Because it creates synchronicities. And uh, you never know where something is going to go and how far it will go. And uh, it's, it's, it's exactly the kind of circumstances that synchronicities occur and that anything could happen. So we just have to see. You're a celebrity now, then. They might, you know, you might have to hide from all the cameras and stuff. You know. When, oh, maybe yeah. I should take a look at, maybe I should take a look at you after the call. Okay. You want to look at my brain, you mean? <laughs> I think I better take a look at you. <laughs> So we'll I'll send you an invite after the Sunday call. Okay. John? Yes. Yeah, I'll be there. You can uh also that's good. Uh, also Gloria Fernandez uh needs a healing too afterward. Well, we're just gonna do win today, I think. 
All right, well, if you don't know how long the session will go on for. All right, well, uh, all right, because uh, she needed one too, because that's why uh, her daughter uh, was on the call right now. Okay, but we can't do two big sessions in one day. Oh, hello, this You'll is Joni. Wait. That's okay. Wait, I, well, well, I, 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 I can, Hi, Joni. Hi. I'm just I really enjoying probably. the conversation. Thank you. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll get John to do a mini healing on your mum, and then yes, we'll, yes, we'll yes, take yes, a look yes. at her in the week. Yeah, this is We've had quite nice. a few. Uh, oh. Okay, we've had quite a few emergency yeah. healings to do. Of course, and you did that so, for my mom the other week, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, yeah, let's you're welcome. Win. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. get myself, but I've been listening. Thanks. Oh, thank you. You know, I had a very strange experience last night, and I can't figure it out. I I was dreaming that I was not in this rehab place and that I was moved somewhere else. And, and at some point I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I said, geez, I'm still in the rehab place. What's going on? Because I didn't think... I was here. So I don't know the meaning of that. I, I know where I thought I was. It was like... Mm -hmm. You guys don't know where it is. Somewhere near Richmond, California. Which was... Mm -hmm. Terry and I were driving, I believe, from L.A., I think from L.A., I don't even remember where, back to Sedona. And we spent a night in this funny little town in Richmond, California. And for some reason, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was sure I was in that town. And I was not in the rehab home. You were asked for the Yeah. <laughs> so, Sasha, can you explain it? You went for a little trip <laughs> in your in your sleep. <laughs> your spirit body went for a little trip. Mm hmm. And uh, you're first exploring that location for some reason. Mm -hmm. You know what? I remember when we traveled through it. And we spent the night there. And it was, I liked it. It was like an unusual location. And... I kind of, I kind of am attracted to unusual locations. And it was a very little town with a little bakery. We went to the bakery, 
and um, and I said to him, I said to myself, geez, I might like to live in this town. You know, it had very small town vibrations to it. And it was on the outskirts of Berkeley and San Francisco. We spent the night in a hotel. And I was sure I was in that town while I was sleeping. Hmm. <laughs> hey, Wynn, do you mm. think this is hey, sweetie? Hi. Um, do you think there's some interdimensional portals there <clears throat> that are like a little thinner that you could go more into the veil? And because I know you're undergoing a a field of like deepening your interdimensional body and your light body is getting stronger, so you're re-accumulating uh, the connections with your light body so you can do more work in the world. Maybe that mm-hmm. place has some interdimensional portals where you can, you know, feel and sense what it is to be still in body but in the light body so you can do more work here on the planet um, mm-hmm. in your, your interdimensional bodies. Well, I certainly would not exclude that as being an explanation. But I can't, I'm not going to say that's what's happening because I don't have enough data, evidence to support that. You know, but it could have been. That was Stacy, Stacy Henschel that was commenting. And Hi, Stacy. Stacy is an awesome healer. We have some of the most awesome people on this call, and uh, Stacy's one of them. Cedar's one of them. Lots of you are one of them. And uh, I feel quite honored. And you're one of them, Win. <laughs> you're one of them. <laughs> well, I'm the one that created, on some level, I created the assembly of these people, you know? And, and everyone together. here is one of them. <laughs> right. And if you keep coming to the calls, I would say there's a good chance you're coming. Because you come to the conclusion that these calls are creating a great benefit for the planet and for people that find them, and that you're supporting them because you realize that. And it, it just it takes a lot to realize something like that, okay? Because we don't get we don't get public commendations, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful, Wynn. And Wynn, I, I have a question for you, sweetheart. Um, mm. 
I know you talked about you like that place, and how did you feel, like, in your body and your heart and your soul, either when you were there with Terry or when you were there in your dream, you mm-hmm. know, felt like you were in your dream state? How did it feel for you? What, how did your heart feel? How did your soul feel? How did your body feel? What, was, what were you present to? What was the visceral experience? When Terry and I were here, yeah. I really liked it. I just remember, you know, I'm, I was kind of excited because I like little, how do I describe it? It was an off-the-wall place. It was like it didn't belong anywhere. It had a a vibe, like a little little small town where there was a lot of affinity amongst the people in the town. And there weren't many people. It's not like there were a lot of people, hardly anybody. And when I was here, here by myself, I kept thinking... How did I get here? How did I get here? What am I doing here? No, stop barking. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Robin, oh, mute yourself. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> now, is that dog wondering what are they doing wherever they are? <laughs> It's probably talking to people. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I thought of, when I, oh, be quiet. You're interrupting me. <laughs> this is not your call. To mute them when you're on the console. Look for the mute button for the dog. <laughs> he must have a mute button on there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the nurse the nurse is coming in. I'm wondering if I'm all done. Is that Willow's dog? No, it's Robin. Is Robin's dog? Yes. Dog. Hi, Robin. I think she's muted herself. Hey, Wynn, do you have a mute button? Can you, um, can you mute the other outside callers? Can you mute everybody? I was on the console, but I'm not on the console. Is Terry Lewis, you know how to do it, or Shirley? Hang on. 
Terry Marie, you on the console? Does she know how to, or, or Shirley, or is Jackie or Bonnie how to do it? Or Cecil? I think Wynn think will meet them. Hang on, we almost got it. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. We'll show those dogs who's in control here. <laughs> Now, if you want to say something, you might have to do star six because everyone's muted. Mm. When I was just curious if um, you felt like in your body, like your beingness felt like that's like part of your kind of your your energies or part of your um, collective, you know, consolidation of beings that resonated the same vibe that you resonated at, had a similar coherent vibration, like was there a, like a vibration that felt like home to you? Not like in a home, but like you were at home, like your heart and your soul were at home, you were vibrating with these other beings at a similar rate of speed, like there was a coherent frequency in this field, in this place, that you just felt more at one one minute or one more at home. So what's being spoken, how does that feel for you? How does that resonate with you? Well, I would say that that would be true. But it was a very weird feeling because I really felt like I was in that little little town of Richmond, and um, I, I said, I, "How did I get out of the rehab home?" And I wasn't out of the rehab home; I was still in the rehab home. But I kept trying to convince myself I was in the rehab home. And um, I don't know the answer. It was a strange place to experience myself being. Being in the rehab home. I'm being in this little city of Richmond. Mm. And I could pick details out of the city that I remembered when we were there. Mm. I could remember being on the street and seeing somebody 
She was going into a, a little office somewhere. And uh, I didn't remember how I remembered, you know? But I did remember. And it seemed very real that I was there. But I wasn't. And then in the morning, you know what they do here is they walk around and they wake everybody up and they say, breakfast is ready. They do it one room at a time, so they don't wake up everybody. And somebody knocked on my door at 7 a.m. and said, breakfast is ready. And I kept, I, I kept waking up thinking I was in Richmond, in that little city. And I remember we, drove, we were driving back and we drove through Berkeley and we were driving through the freeways and I just re, I could recreate being on the freeway in, on the way back to Berkeley. But it was a strange experience. Yeah, and I think um, when, you know, I know you talk about this, um, the invitation is when we have these opportunities as a, as a suggestion, if it feels right for people, to keep going back to the visceral feeling. And because what we're working on here is, you know, we talk about the field of oneness is creating a deeper coherence in our body. And when we feel like we're at home in a place or at home with somebody that we love or at home with um, an environment, uh, to really, you know, breathe that in, to really feel that sensation and inform the physical, mental, emotional, you know, and, of course, spiritual body, hey, this feels like home, and to recall that in the in the body, so we can bring that feeling more to our day-to-day lives, you know, in this 3D world, whatever, but to feel the coherence, because when we're in a coherence, our heart, our mental, emotional, they're all in alignment, it feels beautiful, it sounds like you were in a coherent field, and you were home, but when we're at a coherence, that's when we are, our hearts, our bodies out of coherence. We're upset, we're agitated, we're irritated, angry. Life isn't fair. So it's, it's like repracticing coherency, which is oneness, which is when we, we're working on with the calls with the Elohim and the Ra group, how to keep accessing that feeling of oneness. And the more we, they say 51% service, 51% heart open. And then when the heart's open, we're in service, we're incoherent. So it feels like it was a download to keep, I mean, this is, again, my uh, interpretation, that you were uh, reorganizing the uh, alignment of the body and re-remembering a particular place that created that frequency, just like a song can do that, so that mm-hmm. you could 
training your body to keep healing because when we're in a state of coherence, we're healing. When we're in mm-hmm. fight, flight, freeze, we're out of coherence and we're trying to survive in the body. And then how do we keep coming back to coherence, back to those frequencies of alignment and heart? So I think that's a beautiful thing to capture that um, and, and keep breathing in that experience of what that is for you, if, if that nurtures you, and to keep you know, resting in that as home so the body continues to heal like, oh, spirit or your higher self took you there to re- help you recall. And they also call this the car body. You know, they call it the car body um, when Christ or whoever would leave their physical and go into the car body. Um, or the masters of the Far East, they would bilocate to the car body. Those are a couple examples um, of that, that we can do that. But I think is, it's not is, in... But. Isn't, the car, isn't the car body... Uh, an Egyptian terminology. When I ask, it, I get it is. Um, I just, I just asked it. I just was tapping mm-hmm. into the, you know, I uh, asked Elohim. It feels like it feels like it is. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and the Hathors, I think. Maybe the Hathors talked about it also, if you're familiar with the Hathors. I'm familiar with them. Yeah. Tom Kenyon. Tom Kenyon's work. You guys. Almost. You don't want me to eat this, do you? Huh? What's your name? Karen. Karen? Why? Because I'm on a conference call. All these people are listening to you. Hi, Karen. <laughs> now they're all saying hello to you. <laughs> you want you want to hear you want to hear want to hear them? You're embarrassed now. <laughs> okay. Hi, Karen. Stacy. Thank you. Stacy. Yeah. I was thinking. Let me see who's on the call. Is Terry Marie really there? Is Karen Terry Murray? Is Terry Murray? Are you on the call? Two star six, if you are. Let's see. Well, let me ask you. Let's see if we can bring Carrie in, and if she can send some shed some light on this that uh, that goes beyond what we're being able to see. Is it okay with you, Stacy? Yeah, I'll I'll do my best. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you're the only one on the call that can do this. So. Um, oh, Shirley's not here. Okay. Yeah, Shirley's not here. Okay. So, Terry, are you present? Calling yes. Terry Louise Brown. Yeah, she, she's present. She's with us. She's here, Wayne. Uh, Terry, 
were you on that adventure with me last night while I was sleeping? So originally she was um, when, you know, you had the venture way back when, but it, I'm getting a no that this was your adventure. Um, you were there. So you were. She remembers when we were in that town, right? Yes, she does. But she said that you went there. She didn't. She, mm-hmm. she was watching you. So from, mm-hmm. she was like observing you, observing you, observing you in the, that uh, altered or dreamlike state, um, mm-hmm. but she wasn't there with you. But she was observing you. I can see her kind of her field. Kind of, she's keeping an eye on you when she she watches over you. I can feel her auric field or her uh, translucent body, uh, kind of a way above yours, and kind of she she's keeping an eye on you and all the activities. But she wasn't there. But she said you were there. Now, was there a reason why I was having this experience? Uh, She's saying there wasn't like a reason, but she's saying that you're... You're asking for, well, you can call this a reason, but your higher self is asking for more affirmation of, I guess directly, indirectly is the reason, um, more affirmation of what it is to live more, you know, in a higher state of consciousness on this planet, like how to, like what what that's like, how to access that higher state, how to navigate between these worlds, mm-hmm. how to uh, tap into those, you know, higher dimensional frequencies that we all have access to and to rest in that and mm-hmm. to for that. And when we have these, we want to call them out-of-body or enlightened experience, it helps us to sustain it in the body and the visceral systems and reinform the body of a higher truth, you know, that we are mm-hmm. all connected to source and that we're safe. and that we're loved, and that we're held, you know, in that field. And then when we're safe and held in love, we can do more of our work here. We can relax more and, you know, be in the world but not of the world and emanate that love that you've been emanating at, at the place you're at and helping others awaken into that love of oneness and safety and care and that place emanated that 
field, like when Stacy was talking, that field, that coherent field of that oneness and truth. So the more each of us do that on the call the best we can and feel when we have that place of home or the happy space or the, the happy spot or when we talk to little kids, you know, we say, okay, go to your happy, happy place, you know, or even mm-hmm. adult, or your peaceful place, you know, with adults, where's your place of peace, and learn to cultivate that, you know, the raw group referred to this, the Elohim, you know, to cultivate, uh, cultivate that energy, cultivate that field of oneness and of love and feel it more and more and more and have our attention on that versus on all the stuff of the world and then mm-hmm. raise the vibration of the planet and, and spend more time, she's saying, more time with the trees, more time with the animals, more time with the plants, uh, with the sun, with the moon, with the stars, and, you know, listen to them and, you know, listen etherically or feel etherically that, that energy or these places that you went to that felt coherently like home and to keep accessing that. Um, did my astral body actually go to that city or was I mocking it up in my imagination? Um, it feels like you were there more in a trance state, you know, not the actual body, body, but there was an aspect of you that, that traveled there, kind of like time travel. Mm-hmm. So you were there in more than, they're saying, more of an astral state or an illuminate state, not in a actual state. So you mm-hmm. were still at the rest home and you were in another state, like we say, uh, you know, we're, we go into alternate, we can go into alternate dimensions or realities, but you went into another state where you could access that more of an astral state, like a travel state, similar to kind of like the cob body, but I know the cob body can actually go and land there. Um, but it was like more of an astral state that was being recognized and remembered and uh, kind of like time travel. Mm-hmm. And I know there's movies on time travel, and but it was kind of like that where you were, it feels like you were reaccessing some knowledge that you wanted to gain. Kind of like if there's inside those places, there's um, templates of knowledge that are, are written underneath the earth or in the ether field of that place. So templates mm-hmm. of knowledge. And you wanted to go and you, you were kind of like investigating and you wanted to access more of that knowledge of that particular location. And so you went there to explore. Um, you're an eager explorer. <laughs> She's saying you're an eager explorer when and you love exploring places. And uh, so it, it had you kind of get more knowledge and information that you're here you know, in your future books and bringing to the planet and your future conversations uh, to assist you and assist the world and the people. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to say, uh, you know, others can, if there's a place they know that they feel has sacred uh, energy to it, you can go there and meditate and ask to receive more knowledge. You know, many of you are in um, England and London. There's a lot of sacred places there that you can go to. And there's places in the States, too. But a lot mm-hmm. of England access these places. And, you know, to do that as a practice and see what... And you don't need to get words. It's just, it's more of a being. It's, it's beyond words. It's, it's a vibration. And to, when the body's in that higher vibration, then we access higher knowledge naturally. So we don't have to go and study it. It's just, it's cultivating uh, this, um, this higher vibration. And the raw no, is, I... raw people, they're saying they're very much for us doing this. And of course the Elohim, um, that's what they want us, the raw group is coming strong. They want us to keep practicing that, cultivating, you know, of course, along with us. You know. I know in the past week or so, two weeks, while I've been in this rehab home, I would wake up in the morning and I was unusually in an exhausted space, like like I was in a blissful space. And I could just hold that energy and um, stay there for quite some time, which surprised me because it's not my usual occurrence. And of course, I read about it, you know, of of that exalted state and being in bliss. But I was actually there holding that space. But I was not in a different location. I was in my bed, and I was very aware that I was in my body in my bed at the rehab place. And I felt like when I was holding the blissful space, that I was having a healing happening simultaneously in my body. And um, does that make any sense, Stacey? Yeah, and I was talking to Terry, absolutely. And that's what kind of our, our earthly training is about, like how do we cultivate that blissful space and stay there and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. And that's exactly Terry's agreeing. And she's, looks like she's downloading more, you know, her intention is to hold you in that and hold everybody, all of us in that state. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so then we can have it in the cells, in the DNA, in the, DNA, in the um you know, from the etheric table of the the primal elements of all of life. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in, in, in the templates of, uh, of all of life so that we can cultivate that. And that really the higher work is how do we uh, cultivate that and continue doing our best, you know, being on the calls, doing our yoga, our meditations, our chanting, our singing, our dancing, our art, our loving, our loving, our loving, and how 
you know, when we're loving, uh, it, it. So it's beautiful that you're doing that, and and that they say, you know, I'm getting that she's saying it's going to happen more and more for you because uh, you've been requesting it and your body is ready for it and you've been prepared more for it. Mm-hmm. As other people on this call are also, which they, we've been doing for, you know, our lifetimes, but we forget and remember. So, let me ask the people the question. How many of you relate to this idea of being in a more blissful state in your normal life? Yeah, I do. I've had exactly the same. I've had exactly the same sensation, mm-hmm. and sometimes when those sensations happen, um, I'm very close to getting a download of information, mm-hmm. and then I get a big download. And. Um, Sometimes if I watch a certain video, it can I can get that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Get triggered. Yes, being in a blissful state. Mm-hmm. And quite often, if I'm thinking about something that is to do with the Christ consciousness, then I feel that state. And I feel it, um, it's becoming more and more, it's on and off. And it can be brought on by thoughts. And I think your dreams are very important when you're in your dream state because your, your body does travel. Your spirit body does travel in your dream state. And one of the downloads that I received, which was triggered by a dream, and I can tell you a very small part of the dream, um, because it has something to do with this conversation. Um, In my dream, I saw a tortoise, um, a pregnant tortoise, and there was such an immense loving vibration that was coming from it. It was beautiful. And I was in the bliss state in my dream. And now whenever I think of that image and the memory, it brings on the same blissful sensation. But um, your dreams are important because one of the downloads I received was that your body, which is conscious, you have many conscious elements within your body, your body will talk to you through your dreams. It's one of the ways that your body tries to get your attention. So dreams can come in many different forms and it's a 
mechanism for communication between your mind and your body, as well as through other means. I'm just curious, has anyone else experienced this ability to go into a blissful state consciously? Maybe I should unmute everybody. Hang on a second. Did you unmute them? No, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Here we go. I know. I'll do it on my phone. All participants are muted. All participants are unmuted. All right. Everybody's unmuted now. Any comments? Yeah, Tan read the healing list. I know. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a suggestion between now and next week. I want you guys to see if you can find moments where you can move into bliss at will when you're in a relaxed state, laying in bed or sitting in a chair. And um, see if you can do that, okay? And um, on that note, hang on. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. And when you might wanna add for everybody if you have any experience of that state of bliss or exaltation, to see if you can recall it. And also, it can, you can also, you know, do a meditation first or do some yoga or be out in nature so you can, it will help you access that. You know, it can be spontaneous, but you can also be, hold the intention and breathe that in and feel that to to assist you in that process, just to make it a little bit easier or, um, you know, whatever opens your heart or being around a small child or animal. Um, and then that can, you know, when you're around something, a memory or, or someone, that can also help um, have you access it. And I know we're going mm-hmm. to move to the healing. So thank you. Okay. Well, my experience is that, when I move into that space, 
I can direct it in my body. And it feels like when I'm succeeding in directing it, I'm also succeeding in doing some healing in my own body for myself. And sometimes I can direct it into someone else's body. And it feels like I become part of their healing process. And uh, you can experiment and see if you can duplicate any of those experiences. And on that note, we're going to do the healing list now. And Sija, are you there? Yes, I am here. <laughs> okay. Is the list open? It is. I am ready. And so we have Stacy make comments. Yes. On people. That yeah. if Stacy would like to do that. Yeah. It'd be wonderful. Stacy, would you like to do that? I would, but I'm just concerned about the timing, you guys. I just wanted to honor people's timing, so I just didn't want to, you know, if people want that, I'm totally willing, and I also want to be aware of what time it is, so I just thought... Well, we can, go a little long. we can go a little longer. We usually do that on the healing list anyway. Okay, so as long as it works for the people in everybody yeah. here, I just and if, you, if, you're on, on, if you're on BBS yeah. radio, we're going to cut out. So yeah. thank you for listening. And mm-hmm. if you enjoyed our conversation, we hope you'll come back again. And, uh, and have Not more. too long, though, Win, because we've uh-huh. got a big healing session to do. Okay. Um, so not, not how too ma- long. How many, how many sessions do we have? We've got five people on the healing list, five requests. But um, a few of the requests have more than one person in it. Like John, so, right? Yes. So maybe, maybe it'd be better for Stacy to comment next week um, so that we can be quick because I would rather, you know, keep time down so that we can go straight to the healing session. For you. Well, we're going to go. If we do the healing session, oh. do we, if you're going to do a healing session for me. Oh, when's it then, at night? We're going to do it. At, is, was there another session? I mean, the one I do with him is at night. Are you talking about with me or somebody else? Well, I was talking about um, one after the Sunday call, after this call. But when, you know, the more healing sessions he has, the better. Oh, so someone else is going to do a healing session with him? Yes. Yes. Okay, okay beautiful. Oh. Yeah, that, you guys do that. Yeah, because oh, we're doing cool. one tonight. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Oh, that's good. Good. Oh, well, that's I, good. Who's, who's doing that, sweetheart? <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Okay, great. Okay, lovely. Thank you. But the, the more sessions... Wynn has at the moment, the better. Yeah, no, that's lovely. Thank you for doing that. Thank you so much, Sija. Okay. Oh, and thank you. And how many do you do, Stacey? Oh, we do three. We're going to do one tonight. We do it three times that's, a week. Oh, that's um, wonderful. Day and Thursday. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. Brilliant. 
Okay, should we do a healing I, list? Yeah, I just want to say something. When they do a, a healing call for me, and if you're on the call, people are reporting, and I think this is true, that the healing energy rubs off on everybody that's on the call, aside from me. So there's a benefit for being on those calls. Okay. 